Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aguilaro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Coming to you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, this will be replayed on Blackjack TV, Care of Zingo TV, starting tomorrow, Wednesday. So we welcome everybody who's watching on the replay, too. Of course, this will be available on my YouTube channel, Mike Eggs 121 And we got a hell of a show for you tonight. we got a good show for you tonight. Unfortunately, there is no Dave Hastings once again. He is away in Pennsylvania. He's on a little business trip. So tonight it's going to be me and Eric Tressler once again. And, you know, no disrespect to Dave because I I love Dave. But we all know Dave is not the biggest baseball guy in the world. And obviously we have some other things going on in the world of sports. We have some football things going on. Antonio Brown, the drama with his helmet. And, you know, he's still recovering from getting his feet frostbite because he wasn't wearing proper protection when he went to cryo sleep a few months ago, apparently, or something like that. So we have some other things going on. Dak Prescott came apparently. <coughs> it's been reported he's asking for $40 million annually. I don't think that's necessarily true, but apparently he he wants Russell Wilson money. So, you know, we have all these other things going on. And, of course, Zeke is still holding out from the Cowboys as well. So I have these things going on. But this is baseball time. And, thankfully, we have something that we did not think we were going to have when this season started and what that is is the Mets are playing meaningful August baseball and I take I take back what I just said actually it's not that we didn't think this would happen at the beginning of the season it's when we got into May and June and we started July with the Mets 11 games under 500 we all thought myself included that the Mets season was dead and buried what they have done over the last three, four weeks, is nothing short of a miracle. They've beaten up on bad teams, and now as we enter play tonight, they have, in effect, reset their season. They opened tonight's game four games over 500. Of course, they are losing tonight to the Braves. We'll get into that a little later. It is what it is. Four games over 500 after beginning – the second half of the season, 11 games under 500, and they are a game out of the wild card, the second wild card spot. The teams who are battling for the wild card, the field is basically set for your wild card teams right now. You have the Nationals, the leaders for the first wild card spot. You have the Cardinals, the leaders for the second wild card spot. You have the Brewers in there. You have the Mets, you have the Phillies still in there, and then a little farther back, you also have the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Now, I do believe that both those teams will be dropping out of the wild card race within the next couple weeks. So you, in effect, right now you have about six teams that are fighting for it. And just to, just to go through what the standings were at the beginning of the day, Nationals and the Cardinals hold the first two wildcard spots. Brewers half game out of the second wildcard spot. Mets game back. Phillies two games back. Diamondbacks two and a half games back. And the Giants three and a half games back. And like I said, that's your field right now for the wild card. You look at how all these teams are playing, and the Mets clearly have a shot. 
And that's all I'm saying they have right now. Now, Eric is going to come on in a little while, and he's going to throw some gasoline on what is an extinguished dumpster fire for all intents and purposes. And we'll talk about this weekend series. We'll talk about the fact that the Mets made two very under-the-radar uh, waiver signings over the past week. They added Brad Brock, who had very, who's had a very bad season with the Chicago Cubs. He was dropped, but this dude was a reliable major leaguer. He actually made an all-star team within the last few seasons. Very good for the Orioles. Went to Atlanta, pitched very well down the stretch for them last year. So you got that, and then you have Long Island's own Joe Panic, who is a very good second baseman for a number of years at the San Francisco Giants. He's fallen off uh, the last couple of seasons, so he was released by the Giants. And the Mets now have an adequate defensive replacement for Robinson Cano, someone who could definitely handle the position. And I was very happy with those signings. And that kind of leads us into Friday night's game. Now, I said last week, I felt the Mets could beat both the Nationals and the Phillies, and the Braves were going to be the test. Well, I got to tell you, I would really like to see the Mets stop giving up big leads in the first inning. But this was a good weekend. This was not a great weekend. But you see what they did on Friday in arguably the biggest victory of the season. And I was driving home from work, and I got to listen to that entire ninth inning play out. And I got to tell you, if you're not made a believer by something like that, I don't really know what to tell you. Because we've seen Mets seasons get sparked by come-from-behind victories like that. I remember 1999, the Mets playing the Atlanta Braves. The Mets went down 8-0. to zip. They scored 11 runs in the eighth inning to beat the Braves. The Mets wound up making the wild card in 1999. They wind up making the NLCS. We ain't going to talk about what happened in the NLCS. Come-from-behind victories can spark teams to big second halves. We've seen it before. Then you had the Saturday come-from-behind win, which is nice. And then the Sunday come-from – okay, it wasn't a come-from-behind win. The Sunday game reminds you what the biggest problem with the team is, where if anyone was going to make a case that there is a dumpster fire on this team, it's two words, Edwin Diaz. That is going to be the biggest problem. That is going to be what the Mets have to overcome in the next month and a half. But you got to be happy, and I know I am happy with the way the last three, four weeks have played out. The season has been reset. What was once 11 games under 500 and a seemingly hopeless season is now four games over 500, a game out of the wild card spot, heading into tonight's action against the Braves. And, of course, they're losing to the Braves 4-1 right now. And with that, we welcome Eric Tressler to the show tonight. Eric, how are you, my friend? Uh, uh, I'm here to rain on your parade. <laughs> I didn't, I, you kind of mumbled there. What did you say? I said, I'm here to rain on your parade. You are. Yeah, yeah, I know you are. I know you are. All right. I got my little preamble out of the way. I would like to have more of a back and forth than we normally have. I see the clouds. I'm looking up. I want I, you to convince me. Here, here's what I want to do is I want to present a case, and I want you to tell me why, deep down, you really think. Well, wait a that minute. I should, Let's, be, I, that I should start drinking the Kool-Aid. That I should start believing. Well, wait a minute. I heard Yankee fan today trying to tell me 
if he's sipping the Kool-Aid now and really believing in this fun team to watch and whatnot, it's come from a diehard baseball fan, and not only that, a former SportsZone alumni, Joey Balls. He's a diehard Yankee fan. That's oh, is this uh, to say. Is this Joey D? Yeah, yeah. Joey D. Ah, well, you, yeah, you tell you, t- you tell Joey D. I said hello. He was very nice to me when I met him at Dave's party a few months he's ago. Very, he's he's a very nice guy, and he's also a mm-hmm. diehard Yankee fan, and he's starting to sip in that Kool Aid. Well, he's him, I, 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 I want to be. You can't do it. You can't. It's not the time. I'm telling you. What, well, can I ask you a question? Game of runs. It's a game. It's a long season. Let me just get my point now. Please, please, please. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to interrupt you. You go right ahead. I wanted to ask a question. I'll ask it after you go, though. Go ahead. I want you to convince me on why this is a great run the Mets are on. You know, baseball is a season of runs. Don't you think they're kind of, kind of shooting their shot a little early here? Well, I think that this run's coming to go. Wouldn't you rather this run instead of being in late July, early August, mid-August, be in beginning of September through September? It's just I think the wrong time for the run, and you know that the market's going to correct itself. They're not going to continue on this kind of path. They still have teams to leapfrog that are really good. And, like, tonight they're playing the top team in the division, Atlanta. If they happen to get, get not win this series, it's going to put the match back a little bit. And I think it takes a little steam out of the engine. I want you to convince me on why, because I'm going to give you a very bold prediction right now, right here at the beginning of the show. Ken? The Mets are going to finish at 500 or below this season when all is said and done. Okay. Boom. Right, fair enough. You you can drop the mic, my friend. I will pick it up for you. Um, let me ask Please you, do, but but I I want to ask you a question though in terms of parameters, like what what like in terms of drinking the Kool Aid. Do you think playoffs most, or bust? See, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's playoffs or bust. And I want to start this of reminding you of something you said a couple years ago. This was. You weren't with us when we restarted the show in 2016, but you came back on in 2017. And in 2017, your Yankees, at least in the beginning of the season, it looked like they were rebuilding. They were giving the time to the kids. You didn't know what you to expect. And the words out of your mouth, as I remember, I just want to see a competitive season. If we're in the race last week of the season, that's great. It'll be a fun season to watch. Fun season. Dude, I'm just happy that this season isn't over in August. Like, honestly. Like, I, I'm not... every season. I don't get Yankee seasons like that. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait, wait. Yes, you... Hang on. Hang on. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You haven't been in a World Series in 10 years. You have played one meaningful postseason series in the last five years. 2017. That's the last time you guys played meaningful postseason baseball so I fight back against that argument and I say I know you're coming from the Yankee perspective here but let's let's hit the brakes on that a little bit that's not entirely accurate and you kind of know that one so because the whole I come from the Yankee that that was great 10 years ago now you guys have kind of come back down to reality I'm not saying I'm not saying the Mets and Yankees are comparable by any stretch I'm just saying it hasn't been World Series or bust for you guys the last few years. Let's be honest on that one. 
It was so, they always put a competitive team out on the field, whether or not it's panned out. They they did switch directions a couple of years ago in two thousand sixteen when they when they made some moves. And, and uh, can we can we agree on home. something? Can we agree on something though? You guys and I get why you didn't do it. Your guys' rebuilding effort should have started three years before it actually did. And if it did, no. then may yeah, no, it absolutely should have. Right now, they're back to being a competitive team, and they did it. They did it in a You guys put off rebuilding for three years because of Jeter and Mariano's retirement, and as a result, you guys made pi- you guys made Pyrex playoff appearances that went absolutely nowhere, and if you guys had started your rebuilding effort in 2013 or 2014, rather than just putting more bad money on top of bad money, which is what you guys did in that offseason of 2014, the only contract that worked out well for you guys was Tanaka. Let's be honest here. Maybe you guys would have had maybe maybe you guys would have had one making the same mistake. Which is the same thing you guys did for years and years, and that's why you guys haven't made a World Series since 2009. And as I will finish the sentence I was trying to finish, maybe if you did you would have had one or two World Series by now over the last five years instead of hoping you guys can make your first World Series series since 2009. I don't think you want to go comparing rings. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm glad glad that's what you – I'm glad – No, no, no. To give you your floor and let but you're still not convincing on me on why I should. Be well, how can I do that? Because you make any well, money. you kind of changed the subject midstream. So how can I do that? I didn't change the subject. I asked you the question first, and then change I start. I started to say something. You interrupted, and here we are on a whole nother street than the one we were going down. So let me go back to your question. My, team is, my team's got the best record in baseball. Your team uh, you guys still ain't the favorites. You guys still ain't the favorites. If we're picking World Series favorites right now, it's Houston. It's not you guys. Okay. By the way, I was just going to say, the best Yankee injury report to come out all season came out yesterday, by the way. You did Everybody's get uh, on track other than John Carlos and everybody's mm-hmm. returning at some point pretty soon, it sounds like. Including Jordan Montgomery, who I hear is looking pretty damn good too. Well, congratulations! Uh, I'm happy have, for we're you. We're gonna have the pitching reinforcements to go into the playoffs, which is why I think you wouldn't consider us the number one team in in baseball right now. But when you add guys like Batanzas and Severino, not when you add a guy like CC back, because now all you got to get is three innings out of CC, and then you back him up with Severino. I mean, come on for a couple innings. You actually could tandem in some starts there that are going to matter and have some guys actually that could do some damage in short-term work. It's not looking that bad. Like, it, it, it's dire for the playoffs. And with that lineup, with their with their ability, with what Gio Urshel has been able to do, DJ LeMahieu has been able to do, uh, I mean, just swinging the bats, they're both batting over 330. I mean, this team isn't just hitting home runs either. They're manufacturing runs, and that's been a difference in this Yankee team from Yankee teams in the past. But to get back to your Mets, 
Can I can I finish question? Can I finish where I was? Can I believe in this Met team? I'm going to go back to what I was trying to say before you interrupted me with all the Yankee bluster and everything here. You yourself in 2017 or at the beginning of the season would have just been happy if the team was competitive in the last again. Again, can I finish a sentence, please? Thank you. Appreciate that. And I don't care if they it's apples and oranges. That's all I'm saying. I didn't hear what she said. What did you say? You already interrupted apples me. Apples and oranges. I said apples and oranges. What I said it's about the really not. It's really not. It's about expectations. You can't say on the one hand, I'm a Yankee fan. I don't know what it's like to just want competitive baseball. When meanwhile, you do know that. You do know that. I'm just proving you're a bit of a hypocrite here. That's all I'm doing. So if we're gonna if we're gonna think that way in 2017. You should let me think that in 2019 is all I'm saying. You think because, hear about the Mets, and again, and again, out. and again, thank you. Um, at the beginning of the season, I said I thought this was going to be a four-team race for the division. You have been pretty consistent that you did not think this team had the talent to do that to begin with. So I don't fault you for not thinking this team can be competitive into, into September. I don't fault you for that because you've said that since the beginning of the season. Where we are right now, though, the fact that we have reset the season, it's almost unheard of. After two months of the futility that we saw in May and June, and the fact that we were 11 games under 500, starting that second half of the season, and then we go on the miraculous run to get us four games over 500 and heading into tonight's game. Why should you believe? Well, let's take a look. There's two reasons. Let's take a look at the wild card standings. You got the Nationals, the Cardinals, the Braves, the Phillies, and then a little farther back, and I think they're dropping out within the next couple of weeks, Diamondbacks and the Giants. All of those teams are not setting the world on fire, though. Not one of those teams has run out in front of the pack. So the chance is there. And then I go back to what I told you a couple weeks ago. The schedule after the Braves three against Kansas City, three at home against Cleveland. And here's something we haven't talked about. For the first time in 10 years, the Mets actually have a legitimate home field advantage. That hasn't happened since they opened City Field. There has not been one season where you look at the Mets playing games in City Field and say, this is our house. You have to beat us. We can say that this year. Because the Mets are 14 games over 500 at home. Hasn't happened in years. It's amazing. So they take on Cleveland at home, Atlanta at home, Chicago at home, Philadelphia and Washington on the road. Dude, I told you last week I think we can beat Philadelphia and Washington. I would have liked a three-game sweep of Washington. But regardless, I think I proved the point. We can beat Washington. We have to beat Philadelphia. I didn't realize how bad the Mets have played against Philadelphia this season. That has to happen. And then you look at the schedule in September, four at home against Arizona, four at home against Los Angeles, and then the last two weeks of the season, Colorado, Cincinnati, Miami, ending the season in Atlanta. The schedule is basically set so we can make the run, and no team that is fighting us for the wild card looks like they're running away with it. And this offense, in my opinion, is for real. 
Conforto, I, I mean, Conforto proved what he could do Friday night. Todd Frazier. I never thought I'd be saying thank God for Todd Frazier. Look what he did on Friday night. He's been great this season. He's been better than Cano. You got Rosario. You got Alonzo and McNeil doing well. You got J.D. Davis, the best acquisition Brody Van Wagenen made this offseason. I think even you will agree with that one. Right, Eric? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll take a little effort from you later, but that's okay. That's all right. That's fine. We have a legitimate lineup. We have the best offense we have had in 10 years. We have, in my opinion, you can think I'm smoking crack. I don't care. We have the best starting rotation in baseball right now. I would like to see Matt's be a little more consistent. Obviously, I'm not happy with what Wheeler is doing right now. We have five guys who you could say would be number one starters on other teams. Even Wheeler and Matt's would be number one starters on teams like Baltimore and Toronto and Detroit. There's no other team in baseball that could say that. And if I'm going to throw this back to you, Yankees, pitching beats good hitting in the playoffs. Tell me about Charlie Morton and Lance McCullers in game seven of the ALCS, my friend. So there's that. Where is the dumpster fire on this team? Well, we know what the dumpster fire on this team is. His name is Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz. Proof positive that relief pitching is the most volatile commodity in Major League Baseball. I don't even really want to talk about it with Diaz too much because it makes my head hurt and makes my, makes my stomach kind of sick. Why do we have a shot? And that's all I'm saying. We have a shot. I'm not punching the ticket to the playoffs. I'm not saying we're making the World Series. I'm not even saying we're making that second wild card game. I'm saying we have a shot. Because right, so do me a favor. Go ahead. Do me a favor. Run through the schedule again. Slowly. We're going to go – we're going to go – we're going to go series by series of the Mets schedule real quick. Okay. Let's do that. All right. So we got the three games against Atlanta. I want to believe they will take two or three. All right. They're losing the first one. So you, you're not getting that. So we're going to call it, we're going to call it one for two. We're going to call it one out of three. So they're one and two. All right. Next one. Yeah. They're losing five to one right now. Uh, next one is Kansas City. I got to be honest. They have to sweep that series. If they don't sweep this series, you're right. They're not doing anything. All right, I'll give you that one. Say they sweep it. So what's that, three games? That's three games. All right, so now you're four and two. Okay, keep going. Cleveland. I think we can take two out of three against Cleveland. It is at home. And I'm sorry, I don't think Cleveland's that good. And look at who they're starting against. ESPN has the probable starters. Bieber, Plutko, and Klav. Do you know these people? Oh, wait, this is Cleveland, you said? This is Cleveland. Yeah, I know these people. They're actually playing well. You got how many against them? Well, you got three. But tell me, do you know these starters? Like, I know who I've Bieber is. I know yeah, who I've Bieber is. Plutko? I've heard of Plutko. You played him against him. Is, is he good? Yeah, he's all right. I mean, listen, they're making a run right now. Uh, they're, they're playing some really good baseball, and they've chased down the Twins. So... They're, they're making a run for serious run for the division there. And then they're in the heat of race, and they're playing well. So i got to be honest. At four and two right now. Well, wait a minute. How many? How many ma- I'm only giving no. you one out of three against the Indians. No, I'm saying two out of three. These guys have made two and three I'm major league starts. These guys have made like two or three major league starts. Are you serious? Look at this, Look at this guy, Clavi. He's made three major league starts. Is that how many the guy Plutko's had at two? 
Because if, if, if he's only made three major league starts, I'm sorry. I'm five and four right now. You can adjust how you want. I got him at five and four right now. Keep going. We're going to see. Okay, okay. Plutko has made a few more starts, but no, nah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going with you on that. They're taking at least two out of three from Cleveland. Yeah, so wait a minute, wait I'm, a minute. I'm giving them one out of three. So right now I got them at five and four. Well, I got to do my math because I wasn't keeping track. Give me a second. All right, I, I, for argument's sake here, I will say, no, I'm going to say two out of three from Atlanta. Fuck it. Yes, yeah, so you, so have, I, you have him at seven and two after this. I have him at seven I and, five and four. I have him at seven and two, and then they. Yeah, they this is this is a long home stand. They have Cleveland. They have Atlanta. They have Chicago. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna Cubs say or, Cubs or White Sox. Uh, Cubs. Excuse me, Cubs. Okay. They already played the White Sox this season. They wouldn't play them again. I I don't know. I'm not. I don't know the Mets schedule like that. That's why. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm sure you are going to disagree, but it's at home. And these are the two. I, I'll be honest. I'll give it to you. And I'm going to say this a lot. If if they have made it to this point and they are seven and two, and they can't win four out of these six games, season's over. I'll give you that. So I I don't, I, think, I, I don't think they win four out of six. If you want to be generous. You're going to be super generous getting those six games. I'll give them three and three. Three and three. I'll give them 500 balls through those. I think that's tough six games, so I'm going to give them three and three. So, so, where, so where are you? I'm at eight and seven. You're at eight and seven. I will go with you on the three and three, so that will take me to ten and five. And then we have a road trip. We have a road trip against Philadelphia and Washington. And this, I'm saying four of six. I'm saying four of six here. I told you before, I, don't th- I, I think they could beat wa- Philadelphia. We already proved they could beat Washington. I'm going four of six. That puts me at 14 and seven. I, again, division rivals late in the season. I'm putting in three and three. <laughs> I, don't think you're being, I don't think you're not being biased here. I just want to point that out. I, well, we both have biases, so I guess they cancel each other out in the end. So what are you at? 11 and 10. 11 and 10. I'm at 14 and 7. Uh, now we return home for seven games. Three against Philadelphia, four against Arizona. I'm going to say two out of three against Philadelphia and three out of four against Arizona. So that is five and two for me, which would go 19 and nine. I'll go four and three in that seven. Okay. Uh, and then the last three games at a homestand are against the Dodgers. I'll give you this one. I'll say we only win one of three. So that would be 20 and 11. Okay, so I would have them at 16 and 14. 16 and 14. Oh, no, no, no. Hang on, wait. I'm missing something. Because I have 30 games, you have 31 games. So is that four against the Dodgers, three against the Dodgers? I it's three. It's three. Four? It, no, it's three against the Dodgers. So I was 16 and 14. Am I off on that? I think you're off by one game because it's you. I'll 16 say you probably. 15. No, sorry, yeah. that's right because I didn't give him two losses for the Dodgers. 16 15. Right. Okay. okay, there you go. All right. Now, their last road trip of the season, they go to Colorado and Cincinnati. Uh, I'm saying. I'm saying five of six. I'm saying they lose one game on this. 
So that would put I'll them. Give you four and two. I'll give you okay. four and two. That's that's fair. So I am four at I'm at uh, twenty five and twelve. They were twenty and seventeen. Twenty and seventeen. All right. The last seven games of the season. Four against Miami and three against the Braves. I'm going to give them three out of four against Miami and one out of three against the Braves. So total, you're looking at four and three? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. So I got them 24 and 20 over the end of the year. I'm 24 and 20. Four games so, over from here on out, get him in. I don't know if it does. So, and that wait a minute. That would put them. Hang on, let me finish my point. Oh, I was just going to say eight games. No, I was just going to say eight games over 500 for the season because they're four games over right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's a close race. And I'm also going to point out that I don't know if they're that true home field advantage right now. You need home field advantage in the playoffs. And I mean, I, I mean you hear rumblings that they're rocking at the stadium, but. You got to see more from them than, than, than what we've seen now to consider it real home field advantage. And then, and then also, as far as the other teams, nobody's blowing anything out of the water yet. Nobody's made a serious run because it's not time to make the run yet. That run's going to happen. One of these teams, if not two of these teams, are going to break from the pack and go. And now maybe the Mets can somehow take this whole second half of the season and have a huge run. Maybe they could be one of those two teams. But I have a feeling baseball is a game of streaks, and the Mets' big streak may be ending soon. They may be coming back down to earth, and I can imagine, I don't know, a couple of these teams making a run. I could see Washington making a run. I could see St. Louis making a run. I could see Milwaukee making a run. I could see teams that they are there with that can and have in the past made runs. So, I don't know. I'm just saying that I think that the, the, those are the teams I would worry about, and I just don't know if the Mets have enough to leapfrog them. So I'm still counting them out. I still think it's it's getting the fans more excited for next year than it is really for the end of this year. And uh, I, I don't know. I just I'm not sold on this team. And to well, me, at this time and this hype, it's got to be playoffs or bust. Well, like I said. I mean, two things. You haven't been sold on this team from the beginning. So it's like I was I, – I, I didn't think I was going to convince you otherwise because you've been there since the beginning. So I, I, I give you that. I credit you on that. That's fine. Um, Crazy as just got thrown out at the plate. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I still don't think it's playoffs or bust, though. I think everybody – Looking back, if they don't wind up making the playoffs, and listen, to go through what you were saying, the Brewers, I mean, you look at their run differential for the season. They've been outscored by their opponents by 20 runs for the season. So the idea that they're going on a run, I, I don't know if I really buy that. They have like two players that are really playing well now, and a lot of guys who need to get hot over the second half. I don't really think too much of their starting pitching. Everybody knows they got Hater in the bullpen, and that's great and everything. But they got they got some good pieces. I, I just don't take them seriously right now. Maybe there's a mistake on my part. I don't know. The Cardinals are always a threat. I remember 2006. I will never say they are not a threat. Nationals, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think the Mets are as good as the Nationals, especially if Scherzer is staying out for a couple more weeks here. That's a big thing for the Nationals. So you got that. 
Phillies, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see how those games go when they play them again. But I just – I think the time is right. And you can't – but here's the thing. You cannot believe in the Mets. You can't say they don't have as good of a chance as anybody, though. You can't say that. I'm telling you, the game track record. I just what? don't believe in this. I don't believe in this Mets team. I don't. I don't believe that they have pedigree. I don't believe they have. Well, you want to talk about pedigree? Let me fight. Let me fight you right now. Let me fight you on that pedigree thing here for a second, because here's the deal: they've made second half runs three of the last four seasons. 2015 was a run the last two months of the season. 2016. They looked dead in the water around this time in August, and then they went on a run to get the second wild card spot, or the first wild card spot, actually. And then last season, remember, I've said this many times, they won, they won like five games in the month of June, and then they played 500 ball all the rest of the season. That means they had a good second half last season. So the idea that they don't have the pedigree, I'm sorry, that's, there's no basis for that. I disagree. If we're going off a of recent history, facts say otherwise, my friend. No, they don't. They uh, give me. They the do. They do. And when you say they made that run the last time, it started around this time. It didn't start in July and and go until now and through the end of the year. It started around now and went through the end of the year. That's what I'm trying to say. But, but, but teams out there that are going to make that run, I think the Mets made their run too early. And to me, the only team that's really shown me a run that's that's gone late into the year and whatever, they kind of remind me of the Oakland Athletics. You want to give me a team they kind of remind me of? Kind of remind me of an Oakland Athletics team. And again, I never saw much promise in those teams either. So I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Yes, I am not going to argue the Mets have great starting pitching. Their bullpen is very suspect at best. And oh, yeah. their hitting can, can go just as fast as it got here. For a good part of the first half of this year, you were not a fan of Frazier. You were not a fan of some of the guys on your team. And now all of a sudden they're playing a little better and it's looking good during the run. But what happens when the run ends and these guys settle back to what they really are? And that to me is a scarier pro- like thought as a Met fan is you better keep this running because if you don't, you're not, like I said, I can see them finishing around 500. I know we went through the rest of the season. I put them 24 and 20. They could easily go the other way though if they hit a, if they hit a, a a rough a rough patch. So we'll see what happens. They got some tough games. I don't think it's a really easy schedule. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think some one of these other teams, Milwaukee, St. Louis. Washington, they're they're gonna make runs, and you know Mets gotta Mets gotta keep 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 on a roll. Well, I kind of see what you mean with that whole uh, making the run too early thing, as opposed to where they were in 2015. But that and 2016, the run started later, so I, I guess that's a fair point. But I mean, that's just where the schedule was. I mean, in all fairness, they have to they had to go on that run to get to the point where they were in 2015. But I guess that's what your point is, that the, that the run was that, – that's it. And I, I don't agree that that's it if that's where the point is. Because, like I said, I, I obviously think the schedule is more favorable than you do, and that's fine. We're allowed to disagree. I will clap back on one thing, though. Yes, I was not a fan of Frazier a couple months ago, even though I will say this. Throughout this season, since he's been healthy – I may not have been the biggest fan of his. I might have been all right if he got traded. 
I, I was recognizing that he was playing better than I thought he was going to. Like, this Todd Frazier, this has not come from out of nowhere. I may not have been advocating for it. But he's been all right this season. The other guys I've been fans of all season, like even J.D. Davis. I told you I thought he should be in the starting lineup because I wanted to see more of him. So far, he's proven me right on that. But let me say, let me say another point about this. Because, yes, our bullpen sucks. I will not say any differently. You know I have been uh, very critical of this bullpen all season. I liked the fact that they got Brad Brock last week. I know you are very familiar with Brad Brock, being that he spent all those years on the Orioles. I thought he's a very good reliever. I had him on my fantasy team a number of years. I was happy that they got him. How many bullpens are not in disarray right now? Because you look at the Nationals. I can think of one. I can think well, yeah. one. Uh, yes, yes, the Yankees are that one, though. But outside of the Yankees, what bullpens are not in disarray? Red Sox, well, Nationals, Philly. What I'm saying, Philly. though, is you want to knock my, knock my team for a starting pitching, you do have to give me credit for the bullpen, and they're only adding to that. I was, not, year, so. I was not knocking your team for starting pitching, by the way. I, I mean, it can be knocked for the starting pitching. I, well, if I, I did, if I, if I did that, play, it playoff time, man. You made the comment before about Charlie Morton and facing that was, game seven. That was not directed. That was not directed. Direct, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me let me clarify. Let me clarify. That was not directed at your starting pitching. That was directed at the fact that pitching can be good hitting in the playoffs. That's what that was directed at. Just Are you there? Man. Okay. Yeah, all man. right. All right. All right. You went with the long pause there. I always get nervous. You know our luck with long pauses. They don't come back. All right. <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> See how much fun it is when we're both getting involved? See, it's nice. I like the, I liked, I love the nights where you I go off. I still want you to convince me because I, I got to be honest, I still want to believe. I'm dying to believe. I want, to, I want the Kool-Aid in front of me. But I can't drink it yet. Why? I mean, because I, look at these I can give you. I can give. I don't know if they're leapfrogging Washington. They still have games to play head to head, so we'll see what happens there. Philly's only a game behind them, and who knows what's going to happen tonight? So they could be even. Well, Yankees, St. Louis. I mean, they have games against each other, so I don't expect either of them unless one goes on a tear. But that's why I said I think it's going to be one or the other. And that's why I think, too, it's dangerous when you play these teams because all these teams are going to play each other in the next couple of weeks. Even if it's not ten times, even if it's only three times or six times, you're still going to end up playing them for a series or two, and it's going to decide things. And I think those teams that come out on top in those matchups are going to be the teams that move on um, and make the playoffs. And that's why I don't know. I just I don't believe. Well, here's the thing. The why on that is real simple. You didn't believe in this team in the preseason. When we started talking and I said I felt it was going to be a four-team race, you were very quick to say, no, I think it's going to be a three-team race. I don't think this team has the talent. So if that's how you felt in the preseason, I, I get say My preseason predictions were pretty on. I did call Atlanta. did say Atlanta. Say, um, you know, sure. I did say Philly, too, but, uh, you know, they're not out of the mix yet either, but. Did say Atlanta. I did say I thought the Twins were going to have a really good year. I mean, I think I was pretty on point with some of my uh, my my early predictions of the season. 
Well, I mean, um, listen, outside of that, I think I, – and I, I, I honestly don't remember my preseason predictions. I don't really feel like we had too many differences outside of thinking that the Mets were going to be in the race. And I still think it has yet to be proven whether or not they can get back in the division race. Wild card race, they're in it, though. You can honestly – I'm sorry, there's no way you could say they are not in this wild card race right now. Your point about – it may be busting a little too early. All right, fine. I don't think they're done yet. I don't think they used all their juice in this run. And I do think that schedule is going to help them out. Because one thing we didn't even talk about when talking about the games they have against Kansas City and Cleveland, you realize the National League is beating the shit out of the American League and Interleague play this year, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Uh, it, it, actually, it actually does matter a little bit because if you're versing two teams in the American League, where and the Mets have played very well against the American League this year as well. You got the Royals who are shit. They're playing them on the road. The Yankees? Huh? What have they done against the Yankees? I feel like they lost three or four, didn't they? I believe at least that, yeah. So that's what all they played this year. Yeah, I, I think – no, no, no. I think they got one win against you guys. I don't think you guys took all four of them. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think that you took all four. You know, I think you're right about that. I don't think we took all four, but we definitely took something. No, I'll give you three or four. I'll give you that. But – and now i got to go back. They've done well against the American League outside of the Yankees. They've done well. I mean, the division that they were playing this year was the American League Central – they swept the Twins. They had two games against the Twins. They beat the White Sox. They took the series against the White Sox. And then you, I, I can't remember if they've even played Detroit this year. Did they? I, you wouldn't know if they played Detroit this year, right? Detroit? You know if they played Detroit? Derek? See, this is why I hate long pauses. Where'd you go? Eric. Oh, boy. Are you there? Yeah, there you go. There you go. See, I told you I hate long pauses. Told you yeah, I hate no, long pauses. I, I, I was hearing you. I don't know why you weren't hearing me. I don't know either. But, all right, do you know if they played Detroit this year? I'm looking back. I do not know. I imagine so if they played everybody else in the division. <laughs> they did, and they but took two, so, with, they they took two or three. Yankees. They didn't play the Astros. They didn't play any of the teams. That you play what's in did. front of you. You play what's in front of you. It doesn't matter about that. You guys two. have played. How, how have your games against the Orioles gone, by the way? Don't talk to me about the schedule. Yeah, you got Miami. You got your own <laughs> you to beat up on. Yeah, I'm just saying, the Marlins are actually better than the Orioles. But then again, you, me, and Dave. Huh? Not by much. Uh, but I'm saying, you, me, and Dave could probably beat the Orioles. We get six people. We get Joey D. Bring Dave Tice back. We'll bring Mike Mackery back. We'll make it a sports zone team. We could probably beat the Orioles. No, we couldn't. No, we couldn't. <laughs> it would be close. Listen, I wouldn't say it wouldn't be competitive, but it would just uh, – I don't know. I just you, – everybody's got weak teams in their division, and – I got to be honest, the Mets kind of played outside of playing the Twins and the Indians. They pretty much, which they played really well against the Twins, and I don't know how they did against the Indians, but I imagine they probably beat up on Toronto, on Detroit, who's, I believe, the worst team in baseball. 
I think you're right on that. And, Two and out of I three. I believe they beat up on Kansas City, who's in the bottom five. In no, baseball. no, no. That's that, that's this weekend. They haven't played Kansas City yet. That's this weekend. Okay, so yeah, they'll beat up on them because they and they should beat up on them. Those, those are the teams that if you're going to make a run, if you're going to make a push, you have to beat these teams. The Yankees, yep. they have to beat the Orioles. Yes. As good as you say you are, if you're going to make a run, if you're going to want to beat a big dog on the block, you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And that's How what did... it's going to come down to for the Mets. They're going to be able to win those games and win the games against the Nationals and win the games against Philly and win the games against the Braves and the Dodgers and all these other the Cubs and these other teams that are, that are out there that are good teams, good squads. Are they going to have enough after they beat up on the Kansas Cities and the Miamis uh, and the Diamondbacks, who uh, haven't been too shabby themselves, but I do agree with you. I think that San Fran and them are, are pretty close to falling out of the race at this point. I don't believe that they are a big threat to the Mets. No, you know, I don't think the Mets are a big threat either. So, we'll see let, what me, happens. let me bring it back to something real quick, because I, I think we're basically done with this part of the discussion here. We've basically taken this where, where we can go. I just want to see the Mets play meaningful August and September baseball, then make it to the end of the season, still in contention. Whatever happens in that last week, I will live with the results. It'll be fine. I do think if they collapse in September, Callaway's still fired, though, because he's still a terrible manager. Oh, I, I, you know, he seems like a nice guy, but he shouldn't be a fucking manager. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I haven't said the F word on this show in a while. He shouldn't be a goddamn manager. That's all. But anyway, um, so it's August 13th right now, and you agree that the Diamondbacks and Giants are falling out of it. So let me ask you something to revisit something. Don't you think it would have made more sense to have the trading deadline two days from now on August nope. 15th? Really? Nope, because I want the San Fran to stew in their decisions. <laughs> Listen, I'll be honest. You are I'm petty. I'm glad we didn't waste a whole bunch of prospects or whatever else to go out and trade for a pitcher. I think we're going to be okay come playoff time. If all these reports that came out yesterday are true and these guys continue to progress, they're going to be back soon, and that's going to bring the reinforcements needed at the right time of the year because you're going to have – a month or two to get Seve into some games and get him right and get him going. You're going to have the opportunity to get the talent, but uh, Batanzas going before the playoffs. You're not just throwing them right in come playoff time. So I feel like they're coming back or could be coming back at the right time. We'll see what happens. Well, my worry for you guys is not that you don't get the reinforcements back. Cause I think you'll get the reinforcements back. But you want to talk about using everything early. You said it a couple weeks ago. The way they use their bullpen, if they can't get their starters to go deep in their games, you ain't at all concerned about the bullpen blowing itself out? No, because we've got guys that can give us some length, guys like Nestor Cortez Jr., um, Chad Green. Like I said, you had Batanza, Severino, uh, Britton, Adovino, Canely. They have the best bullpen in baseball, and it's not just with short one-inning relief guys. There are multiple guys in that bullpen who can give you multiple innings. And right now, believe it or not, part of the reason that Chapman's looked a little off at times because they've been over-resting Chapman. They don't want to waste him in the regular season. They want his pitching. If he has to go two innings in the playoffs, they want him to be able to go two innings and not have a problem. 
it's kind of screwed up his regular season a little bit, but they're hoping that it makes it him in the postseason just ridiculous. So, I mean, they are planning for something like this in the postseason. I'm excited for it. So, I'm glad that the trade deadline didn't get moved up. I'm glad that it or, or get pushed back to the, the August 31st or even midway through August. or I said, I said the 15th. Even the 15th, the July 31st, I'm happy with because, like I said, our team's going to end up rounding out into form, and we didn't have to go out and trade a whole bunch of prospects in order to do it. I think it's a win-win. Let's see where this season takes us. And uh, and I think it's it's Yankees and the Astros kind of on a collision course, and we'll see oh, well, that is, them to probably get to the Dodgers. It's definitely the Yankees and the Astros on a collision course. I would never try to say anything differently for that. And that is going to be an interesting ALCS. I will say that, barring something unforeseen, I definitely believe that that's going to be the ALCS. So I'll give you that. All right. So that'll that'll be it for our baseball discussion. A couple minor notes before we get out of here because it's about a quarter to ten right now. What do you think about this whole Antonio Brown drama with the helmet and everything? Oh, Apparently, so, yeah, but he's going back now. He's going, yeah, he re, he reported today because apparently he found a version of the helmet he liked that was made within the ten years, but. What did you think when that came out on Friday that he was he was threatening retirement? I didn't believe it for a second. It's all ploy. It's all crap. I don't know. Like I said, I just didn't believe it. I didn't really pay it much mind. So I was like, it's just stupid. It was a stupid story. Um, it was a stupid thing to fight over. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. The helmet's a little different. But find something that works for you. They don't demand you wear just one. This is the only helmet you can wear. No, they get, you get a few options at least. Find something that's comfortable enough to go in. You know what I mean? You get paid millions of dollars. Put the headgear on and go. It shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't make or break your career. And if you're ready to retire over it, I think you're flat out lying. And I don't know what kind of tactic or who told you that was a good move and who would buy it. But you did what you could do. You tried to fight it through the NFL. You took it to the court. You lost. Now suck it up. Be a man. Get on the field. Seems like that's what he's doing. So at least he fought it. He tried. Spent a couple weeks out of preseason, so he didn't have to beat his body up a little more. I'm okay with that, too. Although he is with a new team, and he does need to get working with Derek Carr if they plan on having a successful year. Uh, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, tell you this, I'll tell you this, though. If he goes into action with the new helmet this season and he gets a concussion or something, I I would not want to be the people in the NFL front office who made him change the helmet because they can, he can sue them for everything he wants to, and he will probably get it because he's got the perfect case. I wanted my old helmet. They didn't want me to use their old helmet. I got a concussion for it. These fuckers are liable. Yes, I'm cursing now. I don't care. He's got a case yeah, no, if that he- happens. Yes and no. He tried to get the NFL to sign something that says that, that they're liable or whatever. But and, and they wouldn't budge. Covered under the CPA. It's all covered already. He doesn't realize that he doesn't really have much of a leg to stand on in this case, especially with the the new rules that came out to try and, like, you know, with the new headgear to try and make it safer. The, the league had to do damage control. They're still in damage control from, from concussion gate. and. It's it's gonna haunt him for a long, long time. I said it 
way back when in 2012 when we were in the studio that I think this is a, it was a killer at the time for the NFL, and I think it's still killing them now. The NFL isn't going to – I said this to David at the time, and I'm going to say to you now because I still think it's just as true now as it was back then. The NFL year over year since the concussion stuff has come out has lost attendance by kids each year in their youth program. That effect doesn't affect the NFL – for a long time, because when you have kids that are starting football at six, seven, eight years old, that are now their parents aren't telling them to play football anymore. They're saying go play soccer, lacrosse. Do like there are other sports out there now that are maybe a little maybe lacrosse isn't the most you know. There's still some physicalness. In Not baseball, basketball. I get I get the point yeah, you're they're, making. They're yeah, pushing them towards the other sports. And that, to me, you're, you're taking the talent pool and you're not, it's, not, it's not putting as much talent into it. So now some of those kids that would have been great football players are not going to be great players at whatever other sport they pick, but it's not going to be football. So it's going to take years for the talent level to see a, a decrease a little bit for the, these programs to come through. And you're going to see it in the NFL, too. It's, a, a, it's going to be a long-term thing with the NFL. They're trying hard to push it push it, push it, but they have to push it safely because they have to try and get kids back involved. It's what's going to drive the sport forward for years to come. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that football has got, got too big for its britches, and mm. I said it years ago, and I still see it true. Yeah, there's still a huge conglomerate. Yeah, it's still a billion dollars, billions of dollar industry. Probably the biggest gambling industry out there between fantasy sports and, and weekly betting between college and pro. Um, I, I mean, there's still a lot of attention to football, but football is not what it once was. And it's not what it once was in viewers' eyes and parents' eyes in America. And that's the difference. So as much as people love to gamble on it, as much as people love to bet on it, not as many kids want to see – not as many people want to see their playing. And that's where the – the biggest impact is going to be felt. And we're going to start feeling it within the next five years, I think, in the NFL. Hmm. Well, I, I definitely agree with I definitely agree with you in terms of long term. We've seen, you know, more kids from more states um, be discouraged from playing it. So I definitely agree with you on that one. And the safety, they do have to address that. But when you have, when you have a situation like this one, I just think – I mean, I get why they have to do it. I'm not trying to say I don't get it. But you also run the risk. Dude's never been hurt in his entire career, never been hurt, you know, long-term or anything like that. Definitely never had any brain problems or anything like that, nothing with concussions. You run the risk of kind of cutting your nose off to spite your face here because if he gets hurt because you made him change the helmet, that ain't going to be a good look for you either. That's all I'm saying on that one. All right. Last thing we'll bring up, and then we'll get out of here. Um, so I don't think Dak Prescott is worth $40 million, if that report is to be believed. Um, now there's a report today saying maybe he doesn't want $40 million, but he wants Russell Wilson money. I know you got thoughts on this one. Not really, because if the report's true, then the Cowboys have offered him close to 30 and that he's looking for another report because I did see that report. I saw Barstool had it out that 40000 was uh, or $40 million a year is what he was looking for and what he was asking for. Everybody knows that's absurd. It wasn't going to happen. 
he's not the best and shouldn't be paid the highest in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, If he wants Russell Wilson-type money, I'd cut it in half. So you want to offer him 30, you want Russell Wilson-type money, so what's that, 33? So cut it in half, give him 31 a year and call it done. If you're willing to go 30, you're willing to go 31, you're not breaking the bank. If he's cut it down from 40 down to Russell Wilson numbers, of like I said, I think his number is somewhere between like 32 and 34, right? I thought it was like 33 and change. That's not a bad I, I that's not a bad idea, but I'll tell you what not they that should, far off. I'll tell you what they should do though. I'll tell you this because we always look at the money like that, but you you and I both know it's not about what they print, it's about what's guaranteed. Say, all right, you don't want to pay me that, give me twenty nine million per year for the next three seasons and it's all guaranteed. Do what Kirk Cousins did. Problem solved. Because I guarantee, no, I guarantee, I guarantee you, whether it's 30 or 33, not all of that money would be guaranteed. I guarantee no, you not again, all of that. Russell, Russell was guaranteed out of his 90 or whatever harm, whatever million dollar contract. So he guaranteed like 60 or 80 million of that, right? So go, million of that, like he wasn't, that's what I'm saying. If you could work something out, like the, I don't think the numbers are that far off between the Cowboys and Dak right now, and I think they're going to get something done. I think Jerry knows they're going to get something done. Everybody knows they're going to get something done. Dak's been a good sport about it. He's been in camp. He's been doing what he's supposed to do. Um, Zeke's been handling it the way he's been handling it, and Cooper's going to get paid as well. They're going to pay all three of these guys. I really believe it. Um, like I said, if there's uh, if Dak could talk his way into that kind of money, good for him, but you know, I, I don't think he's He's worth Russell Wilson money yet at this point in his career, but that's what they're willing to give him. And, I mean, I get it that with the salary cap rising every year, the cost of quarterbacks rises every year, and within a year or two, there's going to be people leapfrogging Russell Wilson and, and Carson Wentz and all these other guys' contracts and getting $35, $40 million a year. I believe that'll happen, but I don't believe it should be Dak that's doing it. So I think they'll come to a number, though, and I think Jerry will get it all done. Well, I mean, just to look at Russell Wilson's contract, because I got it right here. Um, excuse me. There it is. All right. Um, oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at an old report. Hang on. Hang on. Let me pull this up. So it was a four-year extension. Just give me a second. My page is loaded. All right. Where is it? $140 million over four years. $65 million signing bonus, average salary of $35 million a year, um, and I don't see what's guaranteed. I don't see what's guaranteed here. So I'm going to go back to my point here. Uh, as much as we don't know what's guaranteed, if he's got a $65 million signing bonus, that means probably if it's $140, there's probably, give or take, I'd say there's probably about 90 to $100 million in guarantees there. So go $29 million a year, three years, guarantee the whole thing. That's, oh, now i got to do math in my head. That's about $78 million guarantee, and then a mutual option for the fourth year. And if that mutual option is picked up, that, that year is guaranteed too. No, I just don't see that deal ever happening. I'll be honest. I don't think any NFL owner out there is going to be guaranteed contracts right now. Why would they? They, they did for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> 
what he, who's cousin? Again, that's what Minnesota's did. That's not what Jerry Jones is going to do. I just don't see him making a move like that. I do think he'll settle on a number, like I said, 32, 33, somewhere around there for Dak. I think that that is way more than fair. I think Wait, I'm not is. saying it's not. I'm just saying what I would do if I was Dak. Don't look for the big money because you know it ain't all going to be guaranteed anyway. Get yourself a fully guaranteed contract. You might have to take a little less annually, but at the end of the day, you know it's all going to be guaranteed. It's not all going to pay out in the first two years, and then if you crap out, they're going to have to. They're going to be able to cut you, and you ain't going to get a dime in that third year, fourth year anyway. Get it all guaranteed. You got your security for three or four years. Yeah, but they, that, but what I'm saying though is these guys don't do that. You're, you're looking at one. They should. Minnesota where they did it. But they don't. The NFL owners don't have to do it. The way that the players' union has structured things right now, and until they have their next strike and next labor agreement, it's not working like that in the NFL. They don't get guaranteed money. They don't well, get all I'm saying is they money. should. They should. They should, but they don't. They don't. Mm. That's not the way of the NFL. That's not the way of Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones isn't going to go ahead going to start operating like that either. I'll tell you that right now. Well, oh. I don't think I don't think it would be a bad idea. If I'm Dak, that's what I'm pushing for. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You eat a little less in terms of years, and you get a little less on the average value of it, but you get it all guaranteed, so you come out ahead in the end. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's about it Again, for me. it's a good idea for Dask. It's not a good idea for the Cowboys. And that's what See, I don't know if play. I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. Because what would you rather have? Would you rather have 35 million count against the salary cap, or would you rather have 29 million count against the salary cap? Because that's that's the difference for the Cowboys. That's what they no, get out the of it. The difference is the what they can cut. The difference is is what they have to pay. You know, yeah, you're saying 35 million annually, but you know that it's not exactly how it works, and you know that's just their cap hit on it. Um, I, I just don't think that the NFL in, is, is going to follow the Minnesota method of signing quarterbacks. I just don't see it happening. Well, well, we'll see what winds up happening. All right. Anyway, like I said, I think that'll do it for me. Do you have anything else you'd like to bring up tonight, sir? Sports. No, um, hey. I don't know. Just, uh, <laughs> enjoy talking some baseball. I did miss Dave tonight, though. Um I don't know, college football starting up soon. Again, I can't, uh, you know, push it enough to try and watch. Even if it's not SEC football, like I like to watch in Alabama, whatever else. Watch some ACC games, watch some Rucker games, watch some whatever games, watch Clemson, watch some some more East Coast teams, watch some West Coast teams. Just watch college football. It's as exciting as the pros, if not more exciting it's a lot of fun to watch. I know you're not a big college guy. You're more of a pro guy. And I'm just going to push that because it's a, the season hasn't started yet. hasn't kicked off yet. So, no, I think week or two and, and games kick off. So, let's, uh, let's watch some more college football. Sounds good. Sounds good. And shout out to my cousin David because I just, I just saw this. David's not listening to the show tonight. Because David is at Yankee Stadium, he watched the Yankees beat the Orioles by a score of eight to three. So shout out to him. Yep. All right. I think that'll. I, yep. I think that'll do it for us here tonight. A lot of fun, Eric Stressler. I thank you for coming on, my friend. Always a pleasure. Any last words? Uh, college football. 
not watching. Say there you about go. college basketball. College football, college basketball, just as good as the pros, just as exciting. Hey. Even if you don't have a team, watch anything. If you like hey. watching football, it's football. If you like watching basketball, it's basketball. Watch it. Let me ask you something, because I thought of something funny. We haven't really talked about dumpster fires too much on this show. The only one who mentioned dumpster fires was me. Who is the, which, which college program would you say is the dumpster fire of college football? It's hard to say. I mean, USC became a pretty big dumpster fire after everything happened. Who? Uh, yeah, after pretty much Carroll left, and it's all going to hell. And oh, USC. Yeah, USC. Yep. And also Miami. Miami was a big-time program for a lot of years, and they became a big dumpster fire and haven't been able to return since. Um, I love I love those two uh, thirty for thirty documentaries on the U. I saw both of them. They were both really good. But I know what you yeah, about. Yeah, they used that. to be really good. Now they're just a mess of a program who can't get right. And even like PSR King on their quarterback, where he was like, um, and I could be mis- mistaken here, but the 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 quarterback from Miami, I think, transferred to uh, from another school. I forget what school, whether it was Ohio State or Alabama or some other big time school transferred down to Miami. He was supposed to be like in the running to be the starting quarterback, but apparently he couldn't stop watching like porn or something, something weird like that. Oh, Jesus. And, and it like obsessed his day to the point where like he wasn't studying or like learning, <laughs> like learning the playbook. And the freshman, I think, has now beat him out for the position. I thought that was oh, wow. So, I mean, I would consider Miami kind of a dumpster fire at this point as far as college football goes. Um, really, I'll be honest, from the look of the start of the season, it looks to be a two, three-horse race coming right out of the gate between Alabama and Clemson again. I mean, both teams look ridiculously strong. Both teams are poised to, to make big runs this year. Um, another team that's interesting to watch is Oklahoma because they have a transfer quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who is a quarterback at Alabama. And he is hmm. now transferred. He, he was a quarterback for Alabama two seasons ago, and then Tua came in and took over for him. And he rode the pine kind of last year, played a little bit here and there. Um, he transferred from Alabama in his last year of eligibility and is going to play at Oklahoma this year. So that is going to be a very interesting team to watch because he is very talented. He is very good, and he did lead Alabama that year into the title game. They ended up winning, but he, they ended up winning because they put two in the second half of the game, and he made a comeback. So, <laughs> but, Tua or, uh, but Jalen Hurts has made that run, and he is going to be very good. So Oklahoma is definitely going to be a team to watch. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting college football season. And like I said, I know – in the past, you haven't watched as much. I'm hoping maybe this season, when you get a chance, because they, they, you get a lot of West Coast games on ESPN like late at night. You'll get games on 10, 11 o'clock at night when you get home that'll be on until 1, 2 in the morning. You can check out the West Coast games. Just get involved in college football somewhere, somehow. That's well, I'll, pitch to you. I'll tell you this, man. I, I will do what I can. October. I'll tell you right now, October is going to be a rough month for me. Cause uh, I I work at uh, I work at Party you City. Got all September. You got all September. I got, all, got all September. September is not exactly going to be an easy month either. I can tell you that right now. I've um, 
I've been uh, working at Mount Kisco, which is an hour away from where I live. And we, me, I'm um, the second highest ranking manager in the building. We basically had to start this whole building over from scratch. And we've, we've done all right. We've done all right. But now we got the Halloween season coming up. And the next two months are going to be brutal. I can tell you that right now. So I will do what I can. I'm just I'm, I'm looking forward to the football season coming up. I'm looking forward to seeing what the basketball season is going to bring. I'll tell you what I can't wait for in October, man. Irishman. The Irishman, the Scorsese movie with Pacino and De Niro and Joe Pesci. It's not sports, but I tell you. Too much de-aging in that. Too much. Too, too much. Hey, if it's you know you you've never cared about special effects before, I, so I'm just saying if they do I it know, right. I know these guys. I've seen these guys. I know what they look like now, and to see them de-aged, it's easier to see a person age than it is to see them de-aged. I think. I'm just saying they did. They did a. They did a. I'm looking forward to in October is the Joker. Oh yeah. Okay. I want to see Joaquin Phoenix. I want to see what he. Everything to me. I'm hearing about that film. Sounds like it could be the second time the Joker is nominated for for some awards. Um, you know, you had Heath Ledger years ago nominated for, for what The Dark Knight. Um, mm-hmm. so. You know, I, I think this could be on that vein of uh, everything you're hearing about it. He's, he's, he's a special individual, that, that Joaquin Phoenix. So I'm very interested to see what he does with that wacky character. I can see him, uh, like, ever since that casting was announced, you're like, no, that's just that's just too much fan, like, too much fanfare. Like, that, that, that can't be a real movie. And then to hear, he's not, like, kind of not Scorsese, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like producing it or something. Well, he's he's not he's not producing it actually. When they first announced this, they said he was going to, but he's not actually producing this. No, it's like Todd Phillips, right, or something. He he's the director, but no, you're right. The original thought was that Scorsese Scorsese was going to produce it, but when when it was all announced and it got a release date and everything, Scorsese's not attached to it. Todd Phillips is directing it. Yeah. Um, uh, that's the movie I'm most looking forward to from now until the end of the year. I, I, and I'm not even the world's biggest Batman fan either or anything else. But well, that, don't worry. Don't worry. That character and that actor intrigue me it, like, to the point where like, I'm really kind of pumped for that. Well, I'll tell you this. Don't, don't worry about not being a fan of the lore and everything. They've already announced. This movie ain't, ain't sticking to the comics at all. This is supposedly a brand new original story. And it's not connected to any other of the DC Universe movies that we've seen over the last few years. This is this is standing on its own. They, DC, uh, they're calling no, it. Well, it's loosely based on on a on a comic book run, though. I heard. Uh, very loosely based because they never gave Joker a real name in the comics. I know what you're talking about. It's very very loose, though. The majority of it is probably not going to be based on anything. But I, I do know what you're talking about. And I think that the, um, Dark Knight Returns, I think, is the comic you're referring to. And I think there's going to be a scene of that that is probably going to play out in the movie. But other than that, this movie's probably not sticking to the comics. All right. So, I was, yeah. Like I said, I just, the thought of that, that person, that actor in that role is just, 
something that's got my attention. So. Well, I agree with you. I'm looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to the Irishman probably a little bit more. I, even though, I, you know, is it just me? I know he's gotten older. I don't like Pacino's voice anymore. It sounds really, really different from all his good movies. Aged. I know he's aged. I'm just saying it's kind of sad. After this movie, I want to see all of them. Pacino, De Niro, maybe not Scorsese, but definitely Pacino and De Niro. I want to see them retire after this movie. I really do. Because just everything you've seen out of Pacino and De Niro over the last five years, it's just kind of sad watching them. You remember when Pacino was in that movie Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler? This is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Jack and Jill, where Adam Sandler played himself and he played his sister. And Al Pacino's no, character. I'll be honest. Al Pac- I like Adam Sandler. I, I stayed home for that one. Yeah, well, you're smart. I worked at the movie theater, so I went into that theater uh, to, to fall asleep. I wound up staying awake and watching this fucking dumpster fire on top of a dumpster fire with a car wreck uh, all in one. Adam Sandler is playing his sister in a fat suit and Pacino is playing Pacino, a fictionalized version of Pacino, who's in love with Adam Sandler in a fat suit. It was fucking horrible, man. It was horrible. It was like written by the cartoon cat. And this is the shit that Pacino does nowadays. And then you see, you turn and look at De Niro and he's in movies like Bad Grandpa. It's like, dude, just stop. You guys don't need the money. What are you fucking doing? You sort of work. I mean, that's what they did their whole lives. You know, well, they, that way. But these guys, you know. Be a little choosy. Yeah. Be a little choosy. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Pick and choose what you're going to put your name on, man. That's it. I said, I hope I never get that harder up for cash than I have to do fucking Jack and Jill. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. All right. I think that'll do it for, for us tonight. Eric Tressler. As always, thank you for being here, my friend. Stay sweaty, sir. Stay sweaty. And that'll do it for me. I am Mike Agliolauro. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next week.